It is more of the best of the Cooking in the Dark show. Welcome to Cooking in the Dark. The kitchen. I will go to the kitchen. And although some recipes I cannot read, still I'm sure I can't do everything I need. This show, Cooking in the Dark, it is the key. He's a mighty talkative Texan. You know Cheryl, she tells him so. I know Dale Campbell would like to welcome you to this hair show. Cooking in the Dark is a presentation of Blind Mice Mega Mall at www.blindmicemegamall.com. Holy smoly, guacamole! Welcome to Cooking in the Dark. This is Cheryl Cummings, and I'm going to introduce to you the man who proves to us every week that you don't need sight to cook dinner tonight, Dale Campbell. All right. Let's make something happen today, Cheryl. Really? Something good. Really? It's going to be cool. Let me find this here. Got to get these measuring spoons out. We're going to need all that today, y'all. You're going to need some flour today. You're going to need some cornmeal. You're going to need, um, man, I need a grip. <laughs> there it is. Woo. Craziness here. Craziness in cooking in the dark today. I hope y'all enjoyed the repeat last week. Sorry about that. We had some technical issues. Mainly it was Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've adapted a new policy here, you know, adopted a new policy here, Cheryl. It's, um, you know, NASCAR, they don't race on Mother's Day, so we ain't cooking on Mother's Day. Uh, but now Father's Day, Father's Day, why do guys always have to cook? Mother's Day, they don't. I don't know. What's that all about? I don't know. What's up with that nonsense? Well, no, no, no. But, you know, I think part of the issue is that uh, in, in still, in a lot of houses, the... Uh, Mom is still doing the majority of the cooking, and yeah. Dad is "quote unquote" cooking on special occasions. Well, you know what they always say: women cook inside, guys cook outside with fire. There you go. Unless you're on cooking in the dark, and then it doesn't matter because we're going to prove to you that you don't need sight to cook something delicious <laughs> anytime. <laughs> anytime works. Anytime. Hang on, let me get my apron on. I feel naked. No, I'm not naked. I feel naked. All them cat calls out there. <laughs> I do have nice legs. All right. But hey, man, on today's show, we're going to do some uh, stir-fry vegetables. We're going to do some grilled chicken and also cornbread. Homemade cornbread. Mm-mm-mm. Good, good, yum, good yum. stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. This friend of ours was going to get her hair done. She was going to Rome. She's all excited. Goes in and telling her hairdresser all about it. And the hairdresser's like, girl, I would hate to fly to Rome. You know, your plane's going to be delayed. You're not going to get the direct flight like you think. You're going to get stuck on the airplane. You always get stuck on the airplane in Europe. It's just going to be a disaster. The lady's like, oh, well, we'll see. We're supposed to have a direct flight, though. You know, we're staying in uh, the Magnolia Hotel. It's supposed to be really nice. I've seen the pictures and the hairdresser's like, oh, Magna. Those pictures, you know, they false. Those aren't right. Those, that's not the room you're going to be getting. You're going to, your room's going to be terrible. You're just going to hate it. The lady's like, oh, okay. But, you know, while we're there, I'm going to go to the Vatican, and I hope to see the Pope. You're not going to get to see the Pope. You know, it's so crowded there and so hot, and the people are so rude, you won't even get close to seeing the Pope. Well, you know, the lady she gets her hair done, she leaves, and 
Gets on her flight, and sure enough, direct flight all the way there, no problems, no worries. Gets to the Magnolia Hotel, it's simply beautiful. It's everything that they said it would be, and more. It's a five-star place on a three-star budget. <laughs> <laughs> she gets back to the States, and she goes to get her hair done in the next month, and the, the guy, you know, her hairdresser's like, oh, well, how was your trip? How was everything? And she says, oh, the flight was excellent, and the hotel was magnificent, and oh, it was so beautiful, and she goes, I got to meet the Pope. And he's like, you got to meet the Pope? I didn't think that would happen. There's no way you didn't get to meet the Pope. And he's like, yeah. Really? Well, what'd he say? What'd he say? He wanted to know what the hell happened to my hair. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to your hair, girl? <laughs> All right, y'all, hang around. We'll be right back on the other side. I'm going to show you how to make grilled chicken on an indoor grill. So quick and easy that you cannot mess it up. We're going to do some stir-fry vegetables that sound a lot harder than they really are, don't tell anybody, and some homemade cornbread. So delicious and easy that you'll be making it every day. We'll be right back, Cooking in the Dark. Now with more of the show, here's Cheryl Cummings and Dale Campbell. Welcome back to more Cooking in the Dark. We hope you've recovered from that uh, joke. Yeah. Uh, what happened to you? I've seen some chicks like that, I think, that use that same hairdresser. <laughs> probably. You know? Probably. Good God, what planet did you just come in from? <laughs> Ooh, girl. <laughs> Sit down here and, you know. What's that old motto? Hey, if you got something bad to say about somebody, come sit next to me. <laughs> come tell me what happened to your hair. <laughs> All right. For cornbread, y'all, we're going to start off with the cornbread today. Quick and easy. There's two ways to do cornbread. There's the right way and there's the wrong way. The wrong way when you bake it is to bake it in a regular 8x8 eight eight cake pan. The right way is to bake it in a cast iron skillet. Nah, I'm just joking. Either way works best. But man, once you've had it in a cast iron skillet, you're not going to go back. Maybe <laughs> you will. I doubt it. Okay, so we need to combine our ingredients. Now this, there's nothing that much to cornbread. There's flour, there's sugar, there's cornmeal. There's some milk, there's some eggs, there's a little bit of salt, and a little bit of bacon powder. Did I cover it? Cornmeal. Cornmeal, got that. Did you say that? Oh, okay. I slid that one in there. Slippery. Slid it in right past the sweet sugar, just like me. Sweet, sweet, sweet. You know what, Cheryl, why don't you go ahead and read them the ingredients real fast, and I'm going to work on getting these hooked up. Oh, Endora, I need two eggs. Two eggs. You need two yeah. eggs. Endora. There we go. Sorry, I didn't get my requisition in last night. <laughs> Uh, here we go. One cup of flour, quarter cup of sugar, four teaspoons baking powder, three-fourths teaspoon salt, one cup yellow cornmeal, two eggs. We need two eggs. One cup milk, one quarter cup soft shortening. Quarter cup soft shortening could be softened butter. Ah. It could be um, regular, like, corn oil, mm -hmm. you know, vegetable oil, corn oil. Let me, uh, I'm going to go ahead and... I cracked one of these eggs, Andorra. Oh, I don't want to hear it. What do you mean it wasn't cracked when you made it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a user error, I think, there. Yeah, yeah. Not a manufacturing error, man. That's a user error. <laughs> Andorra says all my eggs are guaranteed. Exactly. <laughs> all right, one cup of flour, mm -hmm. one quarter cup of sugar, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sift all this together and get my sugar. Ah, we've got fresh sugar. New bag of sugar. Wow. And we made that jalapeno jelly a couple shows back. Right. Well, I guess the last show we did, but 
it seems like a long time ago. Man, and you know what? I made eight jars. I mean, we made eight pints of that. Mm-hmm. None left. You're kidding. And that stuff was so dang good. And you know what we started using it with? Tell me. We'd put cream cheese. Oh, that. And then put it over the top of the cream cheese and then eat it with, you know, crackers or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Man, that was to die for. Okay. So I've got my quarter cup of sugar. Actually, I just put in an eighth of a cup, you know, because I'm so sweet. I might accidentally make this too sweet. Now, the cornmeal I'm not going to put in here just yet. I'm looking for the baking powder. Powder. I know it's here because I put it out here. Oh, you did? Where? Here? I got it. Yeah. Okay. Somebody was messing with it. Ah. Front row people. Might have to accidentally get a little sloppy today. Hope y'all wore some old clothes. Ooh, Cheryl, maybe, I can't wait. Maybe you'll have to start serving cornbread to the second row people. Yeah, that's not baked yet. Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, accidentally letting that spoon get away from me and <gasps> oh. flipping it, you know. Uh-uh. We went to a party last night, and one of the guys there, he is the most expert food fighter in the world. Really? He can nail you from 30 feet away, and you never even knew. You can be watching him, and you won't even know he flips up at you. Oh, my God. He's great. How did he acquire this particular skill? Uh, his mom taught him. <laughs> his mom? Yeah, his wife was telling us, yeah, the first time he went, she went and ate dinner with him. You know, she's sitting there on the table and boom, all of a sudden something goes flying past her nose. Like, what the heck was that? <laughs> she kind of looks to her right from the direction the only person at the table is mom. You know, and her, and her boyfriend, Mike, you know, future husband's at the other end of the table and she's like, what's going on? And it happens again and she turns and yells at him and his mom starts laughing. You know, his mom did it. <laughs> That was great. Hey, I'm sifting the um, the baking powder, the flour, and the sugar. And it, it's a good idea, especially if you use baking powder or baking yeah. soda, because sometimes you don't use it that often, and it gets kind of clumped. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to try to sift it, and it'll help break that down. And Plus, like I've said before, man, if you haven't done it, just sift some flour and run your just play in it. It's so cool. <laughs> All right, now I need to add to this. A uh, cup of yellow, yellow cornmeal. Yellow cornmeal. If your cornmeal ain't yellow, never mind. <laughs> I'll go there. I was kind of going to make a reference, you know, like yellow snow. Yeah, no. Not the same. Nah. No. Nah. Okay. Yeah. Next time? Not even. No? No. Okay. We'll wait till we do it live in Houston. <laughs> then I'm live and unedited, baby. Okay, now I need a quarter cup of softened shortening and a quarter cup is cheryl how many sticks of butter uh forgot no 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 it's half of a half i mean it's half of one there you go we have a winner sorry everybody that's holding lottery tickets 14 through 74 cheryl (laughs) cummings is your winner put your tickets away I, every once in a while, I actually pay attention to what you're saying. I know. It, doesn't it just blow your mind? It blows Makes me mind. freak out. I'm yeah. not used to it. I know. It really shocks me. It's a shocker. She it, did what? It, it just blows my mind. Blows me away, Mom. I put this uh, butter in the microwave, y'all, for about 25 seconds just to soften it. My little quarter. I took a half cup of butter, which is one stick, and cut it in half. Now, I've got the eggs over here. But you, you want to mix this up as two ingredients. You want to do the wet and the dry. Now, the other thing you don't want to have happen is you don't want to stir this a whole lot. Right. You want to beat it as little as possible. When we mix the wet with the dry, the, if you're using an electric mixer, you want to beat it for only about a minute. You just want to get it mixed up. 
If you're using a spoon, use as you know few strokes as possible. One recipe I said, you know, use a wooden spoon. Another one said, beat for less than a you know beat for a minute only. Uh, what do you do? Help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... so it's kind of funny when you can compare recipes because I looked at two or three of them, and mm -hmm. this cornbread recipe, y'all, I've made it a lot. And it's very good. In fact, let me turn my attention over here to our stovetop real quick where our cast iron skillet is. I've got a nine and a half inch skillet. And I want to, I'm going to put a little fire underneath it. And we're going to put the rest of this butter in the skillet. I'm going to let it start getting warmed up here. Because this is called sizzling cornbread, baby. And the sizzle isn't because I'm so hot. Ugh. Oh. I said it wasn't, but maybe since something? you disagree, it is because I'm so hot. <laughs> it's the only cooking show where you don't need any fire because the cook is so hot, he cooks it himself. Oh, my God. That's fixing to be the chore. That's going to be here, man. It's coming. <laughs> 90 degrees, 6,000% humidity. Welcome to Houston, Texas. That's true. But aren't you, you're going to be gone for some of that. Aren't you off to St. Croix or wherever it Heck is? yeah. Yeah. June the fifteenth um, through July, whatever. Wow. No, we're going. We're going to go down and when are we going? The middle of June, I believe. Mm -hmm. And we're going to Kansas City in July, over the fourth and the first part of like during the convention time. Right. When everybody's at ACB NFB, I figure that's a good time for me to travel to and hang out. So that'll be fun. All right, let's get back here. We've got, um, I need to put the milk in our dry, our wet ingredients. So we're going to need to add one cup of milk. I've already got the two eggs that are beaten. Right. They were bad, so we whooped them. To this, we need to add um, a cup of milk. And I've already added the butter in. Mm -hmm. Cup of milk. You're pouring a cup of milk in with the butter and the egg mixture, right? Yeah, in the wet ingredient side. Okay. And we've already kind of sifted together, and I've kind of mixed together the dry ingredients. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take the wet and add them to the dry. Let me get my wooden spoon. You know, got to follow them directions. These things matter. Little things. Don't they, want to mess it up. They matter. They matter. Now, I'm going to take um, a little bit of butter here before I mix these. Probably about an eighth of a cup, two tablespoons. Mm -hmm. I just chunk that right into the skillet. We're going to let that start melting in the skillet so it'll be ready to accept our cornbread. Ooh. See, folks, this is a pretty easy recipe, isn't it? Yeah. Not too hard. If you have these, I'm in my uh, big 12-quart perfect bowl right here using it. I've, that's what I've got the dry ingredients in. We've got one cup of flour, one cup of cornmeal, a quarter cup of sugar, uh, a tablespoon, no, four tablespoons, I'm sorry, of baking four powder. Four teaspoons. Four teaspoons? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not tablespoons, no. four teaspoons. Teaspoons, yeah. In fact, four teaspoons, y'all, is just a little bit under. It's like about a three quarters of a teaspoon under two tablespoons. Does that make ah, sense? Gotcha. Or under one tablespoon, I'm sorry. One tablespoon is like three and a third teaspoons. Don't know why, but that's the way it works out. Okay, now let me use this cool pouring feature right here. Actually, I just love these bowls yeah, with these Those styles. are perfect for this type of thing. With just the bowl wings, as I pour right. the wet in, you know, they don't overpour. It doesn't run over the sides of the bowls. Man, just these are just great, great, great. Whether you're sided or not, these are just awesome. Now, what I'm doing is just kind of not really stirring, just kind of flopping and 
flipping. I'm kind of just scraping down the outside of the bowl to the middle. And we're just trying to get all of the wet here in with the dry. So we have a big happy family. Now I'm going to preheat the oven. Here's the other difference. If you're baking in an 8x8 pan, you know, a, a cake pan, you want to bake at 425. If you're baking in this cast iron like we are, you want to go at 375. And that is Fahrenheit, degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, now I'm back to the skillet here. You hear that butter sizzling all around in there? Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of tilting the skillet, kind of rotating it around as mm -hmm. if it were pivoting on a, a center point. Right. So that, say, it's tilted to 9 o'clock, and I just kind of move the tilt around 1, 2, 3, 6, 10, 9, you know, all the way back around to 12. Right. So that we're getting that butter spread out all around the bottom of the skillet. So come can, back I, can I offer a suggestion? Because sure. if, if you're not feeling, like, so confident, like you should be tilting a hot skillet, um, I would say that even before you turn your, you know, once you, do, even before you turn your fire on, and you've got your piece of butter, you can take it and just sort of rub it all over the pan. Um, and yeah. and so once that starts heating up, it's going to heat up all over. Um, I mean, and you'll still have some at the bottom that, you know, the, the bigger piece, and then you can just sort of spread that piece out um, as it as it. Well, does. and something else you can do, too. Um, you can go ahead and just put your chunk of butter there in the middle of the skillet mm -hmm. and just let it start melting. And then just take a spatula, right. a turner, and just kind of rub, you know, just run it around all over the inside of the skillet. Yeah. Basically what you want to do, you just want to kind of coat the skillet with the butter. Cheryl's idea is excellent. And depending on what you're comfortable with doing, please do that. Because, I mean, cast iron skillets, you want to be careful because touching them, the whole skillet heats up. That's why doing cornbread in it's so cool. Because it heats up and it really browns the cornbread. Plus, I mean, back in the old days, on the old west, that's all they had with cast iron skillets, you know? Right. The old chuck wagon. Old scooter or Tex or, you know, some dude with a crazy name that could cook like lights out. <laughs> okay, now, here's the other thing. If your skillet's hot enough, we're getting ready to add our cornbread mix to this hot skillet with the butter. Let's see what happens. Oh, yeah. There's the sizzle. Can you all hear the sizzle? Uh, not so light. much. It's a, it's a soft sizzle. Yeah. It's not like yeah. bacon. It's just a real light sizzle, which is cool. I'm just kind of scraping out, getting all the cornmeal mix out. And for this, y'all, I, I started using the wooden spoon, but now I'm just using my fingers. My hands are clean. Make sure your hands are clean. You're good to go. Squash them off. And, okay. Now, there we go. I'm just kind of spreading the cornmeal out to make sure it's all over the, the inside of the pan. We're good to go there. Get a little water running in this bowl here. And we're going to slide this into the oven. We're going to go about 25 to 30 minutes or until a toothpick comes out clean. <laughs> I love that. Bake until juices run clear. Well, what juices, man? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go right into the top rack, a 375-degree oven, uncovered in a cast-iron skillet for just about 30 minutes. All right, let's set our timer here, y'all. I love these little talking timers. 
27 minutes sounds good to me. Start that dude. All right, put uh, 27 minutes on the, uh, well, put 26 minutes and 55 seconds. Well, maybe 50 seconds now. Well, maybe 45 <laughs> into the time machine. Everybody, keep your hands and feet inside until this ride has come to a complete stop. If you have to go to the bathroom, you better get out of line and go now because, you know. Wait, wait for me. Hold come on. Come on, Cheryl, hurry up. Jeez, get in here. Okay, there I am. I I'm there you are, getting more wine. Not There you go. Come on now. I'm here. I got the bottle and everything. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Let's go. All right, very cool. Our cornbread is almost done. Is everybody here? Cheryl, you're here? I'm here. Check, is the wine here? Wine's here. All right, otherwise you'd have to go back and find it. I know, but I remember. <laughs> last time that, they made me go last time. It took me a week to get back. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted's excellent adventure had nothing on my trip, man. <laughs> Let's sit down. We'll drink a beer. I'll tell you about it. Might need two beers by the time we're done. All right. We're all here. Everybody's that's good, good, good. Let me reach in the oven. Let's grab our cast iron skillet. This is where grips oven mitts come in handy, man. Because not only can you feel what you're touching, you can touch what you're feeling. Does that make sense? All right, now, cornbread. To tell if it's done, you just want to press down on the top of it. If it springs back kind of firm, it's done. Not soggy or soft in the middle, we are good to go right there. Cornbread, baby. All right, let's take a little break, and we'll be right back on the other side. We'll get into our mm, stir-fry veggies and grilled chicken right here on Cooking in the Dark. Now here's more of the show with Dale Campbell and Cheryl Cummings. All right, y'all, we are back. That cornbread, make it. It is delicious. For a little change of pace, add a little can of sliced jalapenos to it. Hey, if you want, you can brown some hot sausage, pork sausage up, and put that in the bottom. Put your cornmeal on top with the jalapenos in it, and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Jalapeno cornbread. Wow. Be careful doing that, though, because you do that, and I hear of it. I will be <laughs> at your door. <laughs> Give me some. When I worked at Sears back in the day, going through college and stuff, there was a lady that, you know, we sold refrigerators. And she actually, she made, man, the best, the best jalapeno cornbread. Every time we had, like, you know, a Thanksgiving party at the store, you know, for our little department or Christmas or special occasions, man, that's what Betty would make. That stuff was outstanding. She got to where she's almost making two of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to do some stir-fried veggies here. Really simple. You can use just your skillet. If you have an electric skillet, you can use that. I've got a wok skillet that I use. I just love that big wok skillet. If you have an electric wok, use that if you'd like. There's not really a recipe for this. This is just kind of one of those fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants type things. Mm -hmm. Kind of slice up whatever veggies you've got. We've got some baby carrots here. We've got some mushrooms, some sliced mushrooms. I've got two summer squash, yellow squashes, and I've got uh, three zucchini squash. What I've done with these yellow squash, because they're kind of big at the bottom, their stems are still kind of, you know, at the top, they're kind of like a gourd shape. Their necks are kind of narrow. I've sliced the bottom in 
I split it. I just kind of sliced about from where the neck starts to grow into the body, where the body kind of balloons up yep. from the neck of the, the, the thing. I just sliced straight down the length, almost like you were slicing it in half, top to bottom. But of course, we didn't go all the way through. So then as I go to slice these off into pieces, where I've cut it in half, you know, split it from the middle down to the end, it almost, it comes apart and, you know, as I cut it, it cuts into two smaller pieces. Whew, God, that was a mouthful to say that. It was, but I you hope did. everybody kept up. Now, yeah. here's what we're doing. We what, the, what, what you want to do is you want to slice off each end. I've already washed these off under the sink, washed them and rubbed them and made them all feel all pretty. I've cut off both ends where the where your, your ends are at, where the stem hooked up and the little baby end. Now, I'm just simply slicing these into about half inch to quarter inch thick slices. The way I'm doing this is I slice, I'm, I'm holding the zucchini between my thumb my middle and ring fingers. My index finger is on top of it, pointing straight down. I move my index finger back, and I line the blade up with my fingernail. My fingernail is perpendicular to the zucchini. Just like that, slice, 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 slice. Take these and just toss these in the bowl. Because of what I'm doing here, I want to go ahead and uh, let me get this wok skillet out. Get a little olive oil in him and get him kind of pre-warming. Preheating. Come, let us preheat yourself for the cooking. Cooking magic. I'm going to put a little bit of olive oil in here. When I say a little bit, maybe, man, maybe a tablespoon. It's going to be about a round, if you will, of olive oil. Mm -hmm. You don't want your veggies to drown in it, but you do want them to have enough oil to where they will kind of fry a little bit. But not deep fry, you know, not like fried through, clog your arteries type of frying. Let that start heating up. And I want to get my carrots in there first, because the carrots will take just a little bit longer to cook. The zucchini. And your cooking time, well, I'm going to slice up this other zucchini here. There, I just whacked off both ends. And uh, here we go again. Using the finger trick, holding it, lining the knife blade up. And the way I estimate the thickness of my slices, I just kind of move my finger back. Actually, about the thickness of my fingertip, which is about a quarter to three-eighths of an inch. I mean, if you want to slice these bigger, that's fine. If you like your veggies more crisp, you might want to cut your slices a little bit larger. And they will cook, but they won't get soggy as quickly. You know, that was one thing that was cool about that squash. If you know now, all, a lot of stuff's coming in. Mm -hmm. If you have an opportunity to pick up a zephyr, zephyr, it feels it almost looks like a little UFO. Oh, okay. Let me cut up this last zucchini here. It could look like a squash that say got squashed. If you were to take a, you know, it looks like a baby pumpkin. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that same thing. Prepare it the same way. Just cut the top and the bottom off, and then slice it up. But the zephyr is a little more forgiving to heat. You know, if you overcook it, it won't get as squishy as fast as, say, a, a, a yellow squash or a, you know, a zucchini. All right, I've got me an onion here. You slice him in half and peel him. I like cutting them in half. Now I'm going to feel right where the, the end was. Whack that off. Go ahead and peel a couple outside layers of this dead skin off the the onion. Ooh, I can hear my olive oil picking up. I think it's going to be time to add the carrots. And this is such an easy recipe, y'all. Basically, you just throw all your veggies in as you get them chopped up. 
That's the onion we're dicing up. Now you can cut these real thin, like shoestring type onions, if you will, and just leave them, you know, like a half in there. Or you can dice them up like I did. You know, I've got a friend of mine who doesn't like onion in his meals. Right. As far as he likes the taste, but he doesn't like the onion. Does that make sense? He doesn't like seeing it. Right. So his wife grates them. Oh, that makes I mean, sense. Yeah. I just tossed in the carrots. I'm going to let those go just for a few minutes on their own here. You want your heat to be down. You want your heat to be about medium to medium high. I'm going to go about medium. And then as these get closer to being done, woohoo! We're going to show you another cool little secret. Now, the mushrooms I have, the sliced mushrooms, we're going to put those in last. So don't let me forget those, Cheryl. We want to put those in last. All right. Man, these perfect bowls are awesome. Got to love them. Got to love them. All right. While our uh, veggies are going, I promise you all some chicken. Let me change speeds here real fast. That's a flexible chopping mat. There's the knife. And safety tip, y'all. Don't ever put a knife in soapy water. In like a big sink full of soapy water. A sharp kitchen knife. Because somebody else comes along and reaches in there, they're going to cut themselves. But good. I guarantee it. Now. Grilled chicken breasts. We're using the indoor grill. Whatever your preference is. It's got a mechanical timer on it. I know that when I put the timer down, straight down at 6 o'clock position, that's about 7 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and turn it on. I've got it plugged in and turned on. Now this is really cool because the, when the top lifts up, it has a stop, but you can lift it past that stop and open it up to where it's two flat grills. And this one came with griddle plates, so you can do other stuff with it. You can take these grilling plates out, put the griddle plates in if you want to do grilled cheese sandwiches or bacon and eggs or whatever, you know. It's really versatile. The other thing that's really cool is the grease, where it, you know, where it catches all the, the runoff, this stuff actually goes, in the, it goes down into a little drawer that slides in the side. Because I can't tell you how many times, whoa, shoot. Here, I'm back over to the veggies. I'm just going to kind of flip them around a little bit. Move our zucchini around, move our squash around. And as you reach in, you can kind of feel, I mean, they're all going to be hard and still kind of cool. Being on this medium heat, they'll, they'll cook out really nicely. Might want to, yeah, you don't want to get it too hot, but you don't want to get it too cool. You want them to keep on sizzling, baby. Now, using this grill, here's what makes these chicken breasts so easy to use. They're frozen. That was me going in the freezer. Uh-huh. Just a second. I'll prove to you. Somebody in the front row want to hold this? It's cold. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> That's the chicken breast banging on the countertop. As soon as my grill gets warm here, it should just be about two minutes to preheat, we're going to stick these chicken breasts right on the old grill. Frozen. What'd you say? Frozen, I said. 
So is that like a big piece of a uh, chicken or? It's a uh, boneless, skinless um, chicken breast. Okay. So it weighs, I mean, this bag looked like these might have been some of Endora's cousins. They're kind of small. No, you know, don't sometimes it's, it's about a four pound bag. Hand. And usually you, get, um, usually you get about nine, mm-hmm. eight, nine breasts. So each breast is about six ounces, four to six ounces. So let me go ahead and we're getting warm. The way I check to see if we're warm or not, I touch the top. And it, it's warming up now, but it's still not as hot as it does get. I mean, it doesn't get so hot that it'll burn you. Right. But it does get warm enough to where you can know. And then as I slide my hand down, the, it's got two dog ears on each side where the griddle plates come out, kind of extend out, and they're hot metal. And you can kind of just touch those and see how hot your grill plates are, too, without having to open the whole thing up. Now, Susie Barnes, she's come to a few of the gatherings here in Houston, and she turned me on to the fact doing hot dogs. If you freeze hot dogs and put them on the indoor grill... When they grill, whoop, ding, there went, we're preheated. When they grill, you actually get the burn grill marks on hot dogs, like you would out outside. I love burnt hot dogs. All right, now I'm just laying the chicken breast frozen across the grill plates. And believe me, I've done this enough that I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> we use that term loosely around here. <laughs> Usually you can get, depending on the breast, two to three breasts on here at a time. Now, I'm closing the lid, putting the timer on about seven and a half minutes, and that's it. We will just let it do its thing. Now, you didn't put any sort of seasoning or anything on that? Not yet. Okay. When they come out, I'm just going to lightly salt and pepper them. Oh, okay. This, this The way this grills... It's really cool because it really seals in the the juices. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the chicken breasts, you know, boneless breasts are really hard to cook on an outdoor grill because they dry out. Right. You know? Right. Um, chicken thighs are a little more forgiving because it's a dark meat. I'm over here just jollying around, stirring around our stir fry. And we've got a little treat for this when it gets done. And the way I can tell how it's cooking, y'all, is I just pick up a piece of zucchini or squash or whatever and just kind of feel it. Mm-hmm. It's still real hard. That one's a little softer. That one's kind of soft. So we're getting there. We, I, I kind of like these to be not all totally soft. Right. You know, I like to have them just a little bit of crisp with them. But um, now if you have some tomatoes you want to dice up and put in there or some jalapenos or some celery... In fact, I've got some celery here. That's a good idea, Dale. Let's put some celery in there. Okay. Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> Why don't you put some celery in there? Hmm. That'll be a great idea. You know, it'd be even better if I knew where the hell it was. There it is. I hate it when I do that. You mean you keep hiding things from yourself? Yeah, I put it down. I'll just leave it right here where I'll know where it's at. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I haven't put in the mushrooms yet. We'll put those in in a minute. Here we go with the celery ribs. And I'm not going to I'm not gonna de-hair them. We're just going to slice these up. I'm going to use the same method using my fingertip as my guide. And just keep on slicing down. Move my index finger down. Use my thumb, my nail. Keep your thumb and your other finger out of the way. <laughs> Remember, no fingertips in this meal. 
All right, we've got our celery all sliced up. Put that in there with that. Things are looking good, Mom. Now our chicken breasts are chickening. We've got about four minutes, five minutes left on those. Our veggies are vegging. Man, can you hear that stir fry now? Yep. Let me just kind of flip and flop a little bit here. We'll be about ready to put our mushrooms in. I hope everybody out there is getting hungry. I can't wait to come back and teach show you what we're going to do secretly to make these veggies just delicious. Ooh, all righty. Cool, man. All right. I'm Dale Campbell. She's Cheryl Cummings. This is Cooking in the Dark, and we will be right back after these messages. We'll finish this meal up, and I'll show you what we're going to do to make it a little bit better on Cooking in the Dark. Now, more of the show with your host, Dale Campbell and Cheryl Cummings. All right, y'all. Now, our veggies are... Man, they're, they're the way I like them. Not too soft, but not too firm. Cooked all the way through. Yes. Here comes my little secret. Secret. I'm going to add about an eighth mm, of a cup, maybe a little bit more of soy sauce to these. I've still got on, I'm, we're on about a medium-low heat. Now I'm also going to add about a quarter cup of honey. Ooh, very nice. This honey will give these just a little bit of sweetness. Now, after I've added this, I'm just going to, well, stir them. Stir fry, man. <laughs> Again, we're on a, a little bit lower heat, so you can't really hear this sizzling as much as it was before. I'm just kind of flipping these around. We're going to let them kind of heat up a little bit with this soy sauce that's in here and the honey. And in just a second, I'm going to taste it to make sure there's enough honey in it. So you can kind of adjust the how sweet you want these by, of course, by the amount of honey you add. You want it to be just enough to where you can taste it. Mm -hmm. That's why I start off with about a quarter cup. And again, it's just an estimate. Let's see here. Man, that's good. It's got just a little bit of the, the saltiness of the soy sauce, mm -hmm. followed with the sweet of the um, honey. Very excellent. I'm just going to let them sit there for a minute. We're on about a medium-low heat. Let them go. They're actually going to be good to go until we are ready to eat, which is perfect. Now, let's turn our attention back over here to our chicken. It's up. Okay. Now, the chicken breasts were whoop, juicy and plump, cooked all the way through. I'm going to pop these off and put them on a plate. I'm going to lightly salt and pepper them, and that is about it. Now, if you want to serve these up with some ranch dressing, anything like that, that's cool. Some steak sauce, it's all good. Wait, Whatever so... Whatever you want to do. So you mean you'd pour the ranch dressing or the A1 steak sauce on the chicken or just... You can either pour it on or you can use it as like, you know, as you would like a steak just to dip it in. Okay. Um, or pour it over the top. Mm -hmm. Whatever your preferences are. I mean, I... I you know me, I mean, I like it just, just got a really good flavor to me without a lot of seasoning and a lot of stuff on it. But that's right. me. Right. You know, and everybody, you know, some people like some salt, some people don't like any salt. Some people use, you know, gosh, have a little salt with your soup, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I do. Okay. 
I've got two chicken breasts left. And they were like, what you going to do with them chicken breasts, Dale? <laughs> Cook them up. I suppose you'll be cooking those. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. Well, the band, you know. They're hungry. And they're here. So uh, we must be almost out of time. Um, yeah, We put yeah. these on about seven minutes again. Two more frozen breasts. But that's it, y'all. So simple and easy, those frozen chicken breasts. Frozen boneless chicken breast. Now, your cooking times may change. They may be a little bit different than what ours are. But, you know, if you thaw them out, of course, they'll cook a little bit easier. And one easy way to thaw them out is just get you a bowl, put some hot water or warm water in it, and put your chicken breasts in it. And let them sit in that, and they'll thaw out. And the water gets cool. And then, you know, check them about every 20 minutes or so and make sure, change your water. And then when they do get thawed out, just put them in the fridge until you're ready to use them. Quick, simple, and easy. Hey, Cheryl, you want to read them that cornbread recipe real quick? And then we will get out of here and serve up these hungry masses with our delicious, delicious honey veggies and our chicken breast grilled. All right. And cornbread, man. Cornbread. Did you hear that person? Don't forget the cornbread. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, so here we go. You need one cup of flour, quarter cup of sugar, four teaspoons baking powder, three-fourths teaspoon salt, one cup yellow cornmeal, two eggs, one cup milk, and one quarter cup of soft shortening or butter or oil, whatever you wanted to yeah, use I mean, there. You could even substitute applesauce. Oh, that would be a good idea. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, applesauce, that'd be good, but it's cornbread, so don't yeah. get too crazy. <laughs> you know, well, you somebody know, try it or, and let us know how it turns yeah. out. They yeah. recommend using, like, corn oil or, um, you know, butter, of course. Mm-hmm. Don't. Who's margarine, y'all? Stay away from margarine. All right, y'all. She's Cheryl Cummings. I'm Dale Campbell. We will see you all unless you see us first. <laughs> Have a nice day, and here we go. Cooking in the Dark is a presentation of Blind Mice Mega Mall at www.blindmicemegamall.com. Cooking in the Dark was produced by THC Productions. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Bum, 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 bum,